It's that time of year again. Here we go, coming up to Christmas. Where are we now? You'll be listening to this on Christmas Eve. Fantastic. I wonder what the weather's going to be doing, because I'm recording this a little bit beforehand. I'm not even sure what day it is now, but it's windy, very windy. We've had no rain for a little while. Temperature's about 12C, and the flag is going mental. Wind from the west. Let's start off with one of my favourite subjects. Here we are, Heathrow Airport delays. Passengers face hours of Christmas travel hell as Storm Pier batters UK with 80 mile an hour winds. Is that Pier or P-I-P-I-A? Pier? Pier. Whatever it is, it's a storm. Once again, my idea of going to the Isle of Wight for a holiday has been shown to be the best option. Airport nightmare, losing baggage, cancelled flights, delayed flights, forget all that. Jump on the ferry and nip over to the Isle of Wight. (laughs) You can't go wrong. Here's another one. UK snow. Met Office warns cold snap to bring ice, as maps show minus 6C and 14 centimetres of snow. Well, hang on, the other day it was 9 centimetres, now it's 14. I think before that it was 6 centimetres. Nine inches, wasn't it? What is going on? The weather forecast is great if it doesn't change. What is the point of having a forecast where one minute it says snow tomorrow, then the next minute sunshine tomorrow, not snow? You can't plan. How can you plan? The forecast is meant to be... I mean, look up the word forecast. What does it mean? It means... I don't know what it means. (laughs) It means it's uh, totally wrong. Yes, forecast means something that is totally wrong, obviously. Let's delete that. I email myself so I don't forget things. So I have a load of emails uh, to Ray, to Ray, to Ray, to Ray. <laughs> and I have to read through them. Talking of emails, hang on, where's my notes? Talking of emails, what I do, if the reply from me is going to be lengthy, I use the microphone rather than type, especially on my phone. The phone, you know, the keypad, it's so small, I can't type on there properly. So what I do, I'd use the microphone blah, 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 hi, so-and-so, blah, 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 thanks for your email, don't bother to email me again, I don't like you, goodbye, go away. And then you have to go, admittedly, you have to go back and edit the thing because there are no commas or full stops. The capitalisation is uh, probably incorrect, but it's a lot better than having to, especially on the phone, as I said, try and type all that out with a lengthy reply. Now, here's (laughs) here's the thing, happy Christmas, here's the thing. The other day, I was just in the middle of doing an email. Trish walked in, as she does, as you found out on the other podcast episode. She walked in, do you want a cup of tea and a biscuit? I said, oh, thanks, yeah, that'd be great. Looked down at my email that I was writing, and it says on the, do you want a cup of tea and a biscuit? Oh, that'll be great. (laughs) Thanks. Now, obviously, I wouldn't just leave that there because I do go through the, the text the recorded, the audio text or whatever it's called, and correct things. But um, I have said to Trish on the odd occasion, when was it? A few weeks back, I was reading out a reply and I swore something happened. I don't know what it was. There was an interruption. I said, oh, crikey. Actually, I think the word was a little bit worse than crikey. Luckily, I didn't hit the send button because that would have gone. Sometimes I'm watching telly. I'll have the news on. And the thing doesn't normally hear the TV, so I can sit there talking into the the phone. And if I just stop for a minute to think, 
I look back at my text and it says, today in the House of Commons, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, no, I can't send that. It can be a disaster, so just bear that in mind when you're recording text. What's it say here? William. William says, what have you got, Tricia, for Christmas? Well, I'm not going to tell you because, she, no, she doesn't listen. It's all right. What we've done, William, she's gone to her mum's at the moment, my mum and her mum's. I won't go into all that. She's doing a, a round trip. What we do, I bought myself some electronic bits and pieces, an SWR meter, which includes a power meter and frequency counter. Trish bought uh, an Apple, was it? Or I, I watch, what watches? I had so many watches, I don't know. Wasn't a Rolex. <laughs> it was a not an Apple, not a Fitbit, whatever it was, watch. So we both spent a hundred and something on ourselves. Okay, I bought one or two other radio bits and they are our kind of presents. But then what we do as a surprise on Christmas morning, we spend no more than 20 quid each. I don't know what she's got me, but I've got her some perfume. Isn't talking of perfume, Struth. You see these adverts on the telly? And I think that's good. That's a well-known make. I'll have a look at the prices of that, see what I can get. 140 quid? What? Hang on, what's, what's this? For so many millilitres? Stone the crows. What's this one? £65. I'm not spending that. And of course, you've no idea what they smell like. Anyway, I found some, what I hope is nice perfume for about 20 quid. It has turned up, but of course, I can't open it and spray it because then it'll be sort of second hand. I don't know. But perfume, someone's making a lot of money. You get a little bottle, a few millilitres of some special, well-known whatever perfume. And it's getting on for a hundred pounds. A little bit of liquid in a bottle. About time I made my own. I remember once as a kid, my sister and I, we had a load of roses in the garden. My dad was into roses. We picked a load of rose petals, squashed them all into this jar and added a bit of water and sort of left them for a few days, thinking that we'd make rose-scented perfume. Well, we didn't. We made sort of decaying stench perfume. <laughs> but at least we tried. Had it worked... By now, we could have been multi-millionaires. Got a few Christmas-theme-type emails. Robert, he says, Do you have a real Christmas tree? Or a pretend one? <laughs> pretend. I like that, Robert, the way you put that. Pretend. You mean artificial. Pretend. Excellent. And what did you have when you were young in the way of a tree? These days, we have artificial. Pretend. <laughs> when I was a kid, we always had real Christmas trees. And the thing was to buy one with the roots on, put it in a bucket to some sort of pot with earth in, keep it watered, that way the needles wouldn't drop everywhere, plus there's a bonus, after Christmas you can plant it in the garden, which is probably not a good idea because after a few decades you've got a huge sort of pine tree thing in the garden. But no, seriously, we used to do that. I remember gardens round friends' houses when I was a kid, They'd have six or seven Christmas trees, you know, all different heights down the garden. You know, that one's from sort of seven years ago. That's quite big. That's six years ago. And a whole row of Christmas trees at the end of the garden. I remember people would put them in the front garden after Christmas, dig a hole. Obviously, only the ones with roots on. Dig a hole in the front garden. You know, Dad would do that. Shove the tree in there. That's it. <laughs> and it would grow. And, of course, the ones in the front gardens... These days you would put lights on, but we didn't then because there weren't any outside Christmas type lights. There were huge bulbs like they had at the fairground, 
But uh, that was another question about uh, who was that from? That I think that was. Oh, here we are, Christine. Sorry, I'm losing my notes all over the place. Hello, Christine. She says, did you have outside lights when you were a kid? No, we didn't. Because the ones on the tree were sort of mains ones, you know, 230 volt ones. You don't want those outside. If it rains on those, you're in trouble. They're okay on the tree inside. So there were no Christmas type outside lights back then. I do see Christmas trees planted in gardens these days. And of course they put lights on them because they got the, the low voltage lights or whatever they are. But yes, we always had a real tree. I don't know whether there were artificial trees. Were they back in the in the 50s and before? There probably were. But I never, I don't think I ever saw one. I still like the smell of the Christmas tree, the pine. I know the needles went everywhere. And also it's not very nice to keep chopping down baby trees. But they were grown, weren't they? And they are these days specifically to cut down, you know, when they're only whatever years old. I wonder how many years old they are, the average sort of six foot Christmas tree. I don't know. Actually, I've just remembered my grandparents always had a very small, like about a, a foot, 12 inches or so high, in the middle of the dining room table because sometimes we had to have Christmas dinner there, which was awful because they were strange people, my grandparents. One set were strange, the other were okay. And they did have an artificial, a very small Christmas tree. That looked all right. I remember that. I remember that vividly because I didn't like going there, especially at Christmas. Christmas Day, where are we going? Well, we've got to go see Grandma and Grandpa. Oh, no. Oh, what? <laughs> I think this is why I like Christmas Day at home with just Trish, just the two of us. No one else. Boxing Day, as I've said, is our mad day. That's mayhem and chaos and laughter and fun and music and dancing and being silly. And having a couple of beers, of course. We're doing dry January. I did say to Trish when she suggested that, we've done it before. Why do dry January? We hardly drink anything. I might have one or two beers at the weekend, perhaps one or two in the week. But that's it. That's only the real ales. And she said, oh, well, we've got to lose weight. When she says we, she means me. <laughs> she doesn't need to lose weight. So we, meaning me, have to lose weight. I'm going to anyway. I'm going to start my serious diet because I've got to get beach body ready for next summer, you see. <laughs> That'll be the day. That'll take me years to get beach body ready. I'm a bit too wrinkled, I think, to be beach body. Anyway, we're going to do dry January, so that's fine. We've done it before. One or two of the family members do it, so we'll sort of join in and we'll do that. And we do have a proper Christmas dinner. We don't have curry. A lot of people, I've mentioned this before, haven't I? A lot of people like curry for Christmas dinner. I love curry, but not for Christmas dinner. Terry says, there was more to Christmas in the old days and bonfire night is put than there is these days, you know, for the kids. What he's saying, it's good email, thanks Terry. What he's saying is back then, I remember this, we would look forward to Christmas. There was a massive build-up for the children. Uh, I think the adults just saw most of it as a pain. <laughs> but the children, it was a big build-up. Days and days before. How many days to Christmas? I remember having a chart on the wall with the days. Or was it an old calendar or something? And I'd cross off days. Christmas Eve tomorrow and Christmas Eve would come. Tomorrow it's Christmas Day. I think there was, yeah, I agree, Terry, there was more to Christmas. And as you say, bonfire night. The build-up to Bonfire Night, Guy Fawkes Night, 
that was fantastic. We'd build bonfires. A couple of weeks before, we're building bonfires. We're collecting old bits of furniture from people. <laughs> I remember one lady, we knocked on her door and we said, have you got any old furniture for our bonfire? She said, I'm glad you boys have turned up. Come in. And there was this huge double wardrobe. We dragged it out of her place. We're dragging it down the road. You know, as kids did then, they had fun. We dragged it down the road to the field. There was a sort of bit of wasteland. And we chucked that on our fire. <laughs> that fire really did go. We had fun back then. Some of the dads would come and join in. You know, they'd chuck paraffin or even petrol on the fire. Gasoline, as you call it, over the pond. And of course, you chuck a match in that and the thing explodes. Woof! And there's sticks and bits of stuff flying everywhere. Health and safety. <laughs> I don't know what they would have done. Anyway, thanks for that, Terry. What else have I got here? Talking of health and safety... Have you heard of the Devil's Wheel? I hadn't until yesterday, the Devil's Wheel. What it is, I think it's a German thing from what I've seen online. There's a big, like a big disc, a big sort of cone thing, a shallow cone, and everyone sits on it, all these adults, well, teenagers and people in their 20s, they all sit on it, it's a huge thing, and it's in the studio somewhere, and it starts spinning. Now, it's a, being a slightly cone shape, obviously the middle is raised up a bit. So if you're sitting in the middle, you're fairly safe. But people all round, you get perhaps 20 people on it. They start sliding off as the speed increases. And there's a load of people in the audience all cheering and clapping. And there's music blasting. <laughs> Not my sort of thing, but I love watching it on the, online. I don't think I want to go there. Probably get covid and there's all these people, it's whizzing round, and girls, are, are mainly girls it seems to be, from what I've seen so far, they're flying off this, off this cone into, you know, on the, the padded area. And it goes faster, and then it, it slows, and then it whizzes off again. And you end up, of course, with the one last person sitting in the middle. And then what happens is there's a huge sort of, is it a medicine-type ball? Do you remember those in the gym at school? Dreadful days. This thing swings around, trying to knock the last person off this, well, this devil's wheel. Put into Google, uh, devil's wheel, and go into, uh, not images, go into video, and have a look. I, I think it's great fun. Trish said to me, well, you couldn't do that now. Well, no, I've got a bad back, a bad knee. We'd have to have doctors on call, wouldn't we? As I go sliding off, medic, I want to need a medic. <laughs> my back hurts, my knees clicked. I've dislocated my shoulder. I don't know, but it looks like great fun. Have a look. It reminded me, do you remember the roundabouts when we were kids in the 50s? Well, when I was a kid in the 50s. Oh, you lot are younger than me. No, we have one or two older people, don't we? Do you remember those roundabouts with sort of bars? There's like a, you could stand on the step around the edge of it and there were bars you could sit on it. And I remember kids all piling onto that. And then one of the larger kids, the bigger kids, he would grab the bar and he'd run round and round and round with it. And then he'd spin it. He'd stand there spinning it, spinning it, going faster and faster. We're all clinging on for dear life. And there's kids flying off it, you know, literally flying off this roundabout that's whizzing round. And they're rolling across the grass, crashing into things. I, I don't know. It was just brilliant fun. Highly dangerous, of course. And again, oh, health and safety, can't do that right. Take those roundabouts away. They're too much fun. And the witch's hat. Do you remember the witch's hat? 
that huge thing that used to spin round and rock about. I remember loads of kids all clinging on to that. And there's someone whizzing it round faster and faster. And the thing is, is hitting the centre post, crash, bang. And again, there's kids flying off, rolling across the grass. <laughs> One or two tears, but in the main, you know, we all survived. Great fun. There goes the phone. That's Trisha checking up on me. No, she was just telling me what's happening. Right, um, are you alone this Christmas? This is something I've been mentioning recently to people. If you're alone at Christmas for whatever reason, I know a lot of elderly people end up alone, send me an email. We'll have a little chat via email if you want and I can tell you what I'm doing and you can tell me that uh, you're watching yet another repeat on the telly. Ray's rants at protonmail.com. They are got it right this time. Ray's rants at protonmail.com. So yes, if you are alone, try and have a good time. Watch the telly. <laughs> <laughs> if you really have got nothing better to do, turn the telly on. But it give me an email. Now, four o'clock in the morning, Christmas morning this is, 4am. What are most people doing? They're asleep, aren't they? What are most children doing 4am Christmas morning? They're asleep. Not me, when I was young. I do remember it vaguely. I woke up at four o'clock Christmas morning. I've no idea of the time. Kids don't care what the time is. And I was one of four children, so I woke up the other three. Christmas, I said, come on, wake up, wake up. Christmas Day, it's here. Open your presents. Now, we had, in those days, pillowcases at the end of the bed with all our presents in. Not stockings, they're too small. We can't get a great deal of presents in stockings. So we had pillowcases. And bigger presents were under the tree, if there were any huge ones. So I've woken everyone up, except Mum and Dad, they're asleep. And we're all opening our presents because they heard us. They did wake up. They came out. What are you doing? It's four in the morning. What are you doing? And of course, they all point. The three kids are pointing at me. I'm the eldest. He said, it's Christmas. We can open our presents. Oops. And, you know, for years and years, they never let me forget that. Mum and dad, oh, you work everyone up at four in the morning when you were. I can't remember what age I was, but I do remember that vaguely. I do remember being told off because it was four o'clock. We all had to get back into bed. We weren't allowed to open presents. And I think we opened one or two. But that was good fun. These days, I don't know, are kids as excited about Christmas? I don't think they are. I've said to our grandchildren, soon be Christmas? Yeah, soon be Christmas. Whereas if you'd said that to us in the old days, we'd be going, yay, Christmas, only so many days. I know they have however many sleeps don't they till Christmas because when you hear this on Sunday it's one sleep to Christmas day how about that <laughs> one sleep ah oh, dear it's all good fun isn't it Christmas someone said the other day well Christmas isn't for children is it I know Christmas really is a, a religious thing obviously that's when uh, Jesus was born except they say it was April now I don't know why they think it's April. Was it April? Anyway, whoever it was said the other day, oh, it's not really for children, is it? Oh, I don't know. Some people are weird, aren't they? Yeah, I'm sure some people are saying Jesus was born in April. What's this note? Oh, pirate radio stations at Christmas. Have a listen round on your radio. Oh, you don't have radios, do you, these days? Pirate radio stations always used to come on at Christmas. You know, people in their bedrooms, nerds and electronic whiz kids and all that. I was one of them. I still am. <laughs> Pirate radio. 
Christmas Day, tune around on the radio. There's all sorts of stuff, you know, Radio Christmas, Radio Santa Claus, all this stuff, playing music and these people DJing terribly from their bedrooms. Hi, happy Christmas. You're listening to Radio Santa Claus and all this nonsense. I don't know why I made a note of that. The shortest day in December is the 21st. Now, this always puzzles me. The 21st of September. Now, what am I talking about? September. The 21st of December is the shortest day. After that, evenings start getting lighter and everything starts warming up. The sun and everything is shining on us. That's us here in Britain, near the Northern Hemisphere, unlike you Aussies down there roasting in the summer heat. Now, here's the thing. Our proper winter here in Britain is January and February. That's when we get the snow, the ice, and all this stuff that these headliners have been banging on about. All the Icelandic stuff, the Siberian stuff and all that. So why is the shortest day... I mean, this isn't man-made, it just happens to be the way it all happens, isn't it? The shortest day is 21st of December. I would have thought the shortest day would be kind of between January and February, the way it gets... It seems to get darker, colder. Perhaps it's because the Northern Hemisphere is cooling down... And by the time we get to January and February, it's perhaps cooled down quite a lot. Just had another snow warning, UK snow warning. Met Office issues the 15th alert. Here, I'm sure it is at least 15. The 15th alert for snow and ice ahead of the Christmas weekend. And did I tell you about Heathrow Airport? What was there? Was one about Heathrow Airport? Disaster, chaos at Christmas. Yes, I did, didn't I? I mentioned Heathrow. I've got a load of notes here. I tried to get myself organised properly this time. Did you hear that Twitter went down the other day? Or it's X now, isn't it? I woke up, as I do, half past four in the morning, go straight onto Twitter to see what's happening or to see what fake news there is. <laughs> and there's no Twitter. And then there was some headline. I put the telly on early in the morning because Trisha doesn't wake up. I put the telly on and they're saying, Worldwide outage on X. I wish he hadn't called it X, that Elon Musk. I don't like X. Twitter was good. Everyone knew about Twitter. I suppose it's up to him, but people still call it Twitter. That's the funny thing. They still call it Twitter. In the old days, we didn't have... Well, there was nothing to have an outage on, really. We had the odd power cut, or power outage, as they call it. But our telephone never went down. I just don't remember picking up the telephone, and it doesn't work. The phone always worked. It didn't go down. And have you heard about the care line problems? You know, if you're elderly and you're on your own or any age and on your own, you've got a thing either on your wrist or hanging around your neck, a red button you can press. Say you fall over and you can't get up, you press the red button. And that connects to your phone somehow and dials a number and they're aware that there's a problem. And if you can't speak to them, you know, someone they'll send someone to have a look at you and all that stuff. It's a good idea, it's great, because if you're on your own and you fall over and you can't get up, well, tragically, as has happened in the past, people just lay there and die. So they're switching all the phones over to this voice over internet protocol thing, VoIP. And apparently there have been quite a few what they call serious incidents where this care line thing doesn't work. They don't say what the incidents are, but that's a problem. You would have thought, wouldn't you, that someone would work this out 
OK, if we're going to change the phone system and put them onto this new system, will, what is it, a million and a half people, I think, have the care line things? Oh, no, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, that's the thought. Oh, it doesn't work, does it? Serious incidents. We didn't have that in our day. Mind you, if, if you fell over in our day, you stay there unless you can reach the phone. So I suppose it's progress of sorts. Progress, I don't know, it's not always a good thing, is it? A lot of you have said, I've been doing these podcasts now for nearly five years, and over the years, a lot of you have emailed me and said, as kids, you had more fun back in the old days than the kids do today. I've often thought that that's not really true. It doesn't mean much because we don't know about the kids today. Yes, we watch our kids and our grandkids. We watch them and they have fun doing this and that. But I do know what you mean. I do agree. Back in our day, as I've said, the witch's hat, you know, the roundabouts. Do you remember that rocking horse thing? That was banned. That huge, long rocking horse in your local park. It would go backwards and forwards. You could sit about eight kids on it. We're about 15 kids if you have them all clinging off the sides as well as they used to. And then you get one of the older children up the front where the horse's head was rocking it like mad. And kids were falling off. <laughs> I remember falling off, you know, going home with a cut knee and, oh, look, I've grazed my elbow and stuff. It was all good fun. It was part of growing up. These days, as all your emails have said over all these years, the kids don't seem to have fun anymore. An email I had recently, who was that? Karen, I think it was. Hello, Karen. Hope I got your name right. You were saying that uh, your local park, the older kids there, there's nothing really for them to do. They just sit around. They go there on their bikes and sit around. The younger kids, all they've got are swings. And, well, they can be pretty dangerous. I've seen some dreadful things happen with swings where a child walks in front of a swing but they don't seem to have the fun that they used to. I have had emails saying, you're looking back through rose-tinted glasses. It wasn't like that at all. You didn't have better summers then. You didn't have more fun. You didn't have worse winters with snow and snowball fights and snowmen. It wasn't like that. This is something that keeps cropping up, isn't it? I think it was like that. I'm not looking back through any tinted glasses. The winters were more severe. From what I remember, recollections may vary. Was it uh, the royal family? Was it the Queen? Recollections may vary. She was talking about other stuff. We won't go into that. Recollections will vary, obviously. But I think in the main, us oldies, when we think back to the childhood days, we're right. We used to go scrumping. Yes, it was illegal. For a start, you're trespassing. Secondly, you're thieving. You're stealing stuff, apples and pears. But it was great fun. All kids went scrumping and we had fun. You can't go scrumping now. There's no orchards. It's all housing estates. Here we go. I'm off on one. Here we go. When I was a boy, we went over the woods. It's all housing estates now. No, I won't go back in. I'm getting a bad voice now. I'm getting a, a rough voice. I've written here, recollections may vary. It was our late queen that said that, wasn't it? I'm sure it was. What a perfect line, isn't it? When you've got different people saying, oh, I remember this, and that. he did this, and he did that. No, he didn't. For the boss to say, recollections may vary. And what was her other one? Was it Anis Horribilis? When she'd had a bad year, it was Anis Horribilis or something. That's another line that uh, is excellent. Uh, Latin, presumably that's Latin. 
we didn't do Latin at my school. <laughs> we, did, <laughs> we didn't do anything at my school. Well, they did, I didn't. I was playing truant. I was having a fag down the park with my mates. Yes, anyway, moving on. Let's get back to Christmas. It's Christmas Eve when you're listening to this, or maybe after Christmas. Perhaps you don't listen on the day that the podcast episodes actually come out. Do you know, I've still got a bit of a rough voice. Both our mums, I think I've told you, haven't I? My mum was due here Saturday. That's been cancelled. Trisha's mum was, uh, what are we doing? We're going up to the farm at the back of Arundel to see Trisha's mum's brother and his wife and, and all that lot. That's cancelled. Both our mums are ill. Half the family have got COVID. Luckily, I'm all right. Trish, <laughs> she said to me yesterday, when did you last leave the house? I said, oh, well, I, I drove you to the post office, all those parcels. She said, that was about a week ago. She said, you didn't get out of the car. When did we actually leave the house together and walk anywhere or do anything? And I can't remember. Isn't it awful? I can't remember. Well, the weather's been dreadful. Plus, I'm a recluse. Well, almost. I do like going out, but I'm not going out in the wind and the lashing rain and the freezing cold weather. I'm not going to do that. I, I want to keep... Well, I was going to say I want to keep healthy. I won't keep healthy by just sitting indoors. But I don't want to get ill. I don't want to go to places where I get ill. We're going for a walk, I think, possibly today. Mind you, it's very windy today. Every day we say, oh, we'll go for a walk. I say it as well. We'll go for a walk today, Trish. And then it's rain and horrible and I just don't sort of bother to do it. It's bad, really. I think what we're going to do, we've got New Year's Day at my sister-in-law, Trisha's sister's house. We're going there. All the family are going there. Well, not all of them. Normally, it's a New Year's Eve thing. But as we're, <laughs> as everyone's getting older, it, we're all sort of thinking, well, New Year's Eve, do I have to stay up till midnight? Oh, no, midnight. So what we've done, Trisha's sister said, look, all come round to us New Year's Day. Do what you like New Year's Eve. So I will do what I like New Year's Eve. I should go to bed early. <laughs> and have a cup of tea and a jam sandwich in bed, watching telly. Sheer bliss. As I pointed out to Trish, I spent an hour in the garden the other day, outside, in the fresh air, sweeping up the leaves, doing all that, you know, physical stuff. I don't just sit here in my high-tech air-conditioned studio talking to you. I do do other things. I talk to people on the radio. Then I come back here and talk to you. Then I go on the radio again. No, I don't. I do other things as well. I swept up all the leaves out the front and out the back. There's more now to sweep up. I shall be doing that probably, well, not in the wind. Have you ever tried to sweep leaves up in the wind? You just get them into a nice pile and they will blow away. <laughs> I have to sweep them up again. So that's no good. I shall wait till the weather improves. I took the flagpole down, as I told you, put a new flag on that. I've done all sorts of jobs outside. I don't sit here all day long just doing nothing or just chatting to you. I do plenty of things. I had to put the net curtains up this morning in the lounge. I went down, one of the hooks had come out, the window lights and the net curtain all in a pile. So I had to get my little drill out and redo the hook. So I, I do do physical stuff sometimes. <laughs> just going through some more emails. Another one from Ray. Hello, Ray. P.S. He says, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas to you and yours too, Ray. Thank you. Ray says, how about telling us about your Christmas Eve when you were a kid? What did you do? What went on in your house? I have made Christmas 
uh, episodes, haven't I, in the past. Over the years, I've talked a lot about Christmas. I'll have to go back through the episodes. The trouble is there are so many episodes I've recorded now, I forget what I've done and what I haven't done. Ray says, what was your best present you got when you were a boy? I think I was 12 years old, possibly 13, a transistor radio. I remember that clearly. This transistor radio, I opened the you know, the box and there it was. It was a Perdio transistor radio. Fantastic. And I remember tuning around the dial Christmas morning, listening to whatever it was. There wasn't a lot when I was 12 years old. Were the pirate ships in the North Sea at the time? Radio Caroline, Radio London. What year was I 12? 1960, uh, one, two, yeah, 62, no, 63. So yes, the pirates were going in 63. So I must have listened to those. I remember seeing AFN on the dial and saying to my dad, what's AFN? He said, that's American Forces Network. You don't want to listen to that. And of course, as he'd said, you don't want to listen to that. I did, but I couldn't pick anything up on that AFN spot on the dial. So I never did hear anything. And I always wondered, why can't I listen to AFN, the American Forces Network? I still don't know today what he meant. I can't ask him because he's no longer with us. I can smell fresh bread, lovely, wafting up and up the stairs into my studio. <laughs> studio, listen to me. I'd better go and check the bread because Trish said when she went out, the bread's on, it'll be whatever hours. So I must go and check the bread maker and take it out. It doesn't want to sit in there too long. Do you remember in the old days, mums used to make bread, didn't they? Well, and dads mustn't be sexist actually dad's never made bread it was always the mums I remember that in the oven it would take hours this bread there's all the dough and all the kneading of the dough and all the stuff now you just chuck a load of whatever it is a load of ingredients into this bucket shut the lid and it all does it for you and it is really nice it really is we were reading something the other day I forget what it was about bread these days now again I don't know how true this is it could be fake news all the dreadful things they put in bread. Additives and goodness knows what. There's nothing added to our bread, I know that. Hello, Leon. Now then, Leon says, did I have a Morris Thousand, a Moggy Minor? I did, but I didn't. I had the Morris Traveller back in the, was that the 70s? I don't know, I can't remember. The Morris Traveller, that's the kind of estate car version, I suppose you'd call it, with the two doors at the back and the wooden framework. It all round the metalwork, the wooden framework. I'll tell you something about the Morris Minor. It was originally called the Mosquito. Did you know that? The Morris Mosquito. The name was changed at the last minute, if I remember correctly, because there was some problem. They thought it might deter conservative buyers. I don't know quite what that was all about. Anyway, it went on to become the the first, what was it, the, the first car that ever sold a million or more than a million, the Morris Minor. So the Morris Mosquito, I may have got that wrong, you'll have to check that, but uh, that's what I seem to remember. Talking of old cars, do you remember the Ford Prefect? That's old, isn't it? That's going back a bit. The Vauxhall Velox. Then there was, uh, what was it, the Roots Group, Sunbeam Tollbot, I think it was. That rings a bell. The Rover cars. I like the Ford Console. That was nice. I had a Hillman Minx, but I always wanted a Ford console or the Ford Zephyr or Zodiac. They were straight six-cylinder engine cars, really nice. 
I had the MG Magnet, of course. I had a Morris Oxford. A friend of mine had a Singer Gazelle, which I always thought an odd name for a car, a Singer Gazelle. Another friend of mine had a Standard. And I remember him saying it was named after a, a battleship. I never did believe him. I've never looked it up, actually. Yes, a, a Standard. Was it a Standard Vanguard? That rings a bell as well. Austin Cambridge, I had one of those. What else did I have? I had a Mini. Um, Wolseley, that was nice, the 1500. I had the Riley 1500, or 1 1.5, I think they called it. Ford Popular, I'd never had one of those. Didn't like that. Ford Popular, friend of mine had one of those. Oh yeah, friend of mine, was it the Ford Popular? It had a dodgy gearbox, and then I think second gear... Um, it would really whine. It sounded like the gearbox was about to blow up or something. A35, Austin A30, 35. I don't know why I'm going on about cars. I just thought I'd mention that. I've got a note here. It says Susan, pub. Am I meeting Susan in the pub? Susan, you emailed me. Did I mention that earlier? Do you know, I've been recording this episode ready for Christmas over the last two or three days. And what I usually do is cross things off my list as I've mentioned them. Susan, you are not crossed off my list. So I'm going to uh, assume that I haven't talked about it. Susan said, why don't I do a recording? I think I did mention this, didn't I? I'll talk about senile. In the pub on uh, Chris on Sunday, Christmas Eve. Go to the pub. <laughs> and Oh, that's right. It was about the repeats, wasn't it, Susan? Go to the pub and do a recording with my portable recorder there. And uh, do a podcast episode or even live from the pub. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's a good idea, Susan. I'll probably fall over halfway through the episode. No, I, I certainly don't get drunk. Stone the crows. You'll be thinking badly of me. Talk of getting drunk. Uh, no, we weren't talking about getting drunk. Tonight, it's Friday. Well, it's Friday this afternoon as well. We're going to the club. We're going to the music quiz. Just the four of us, Trish, myself, her sister and her husband. We're going to the music quiz. Fish and chips beforehand. The usual sort of Friday thing. I think it's about once a month we do this quiz. We did enter the Christmas raffle. I think the first prize was a huge sort of 60-inch telly or something. If we win that, I've no idea where we're going to put it. We'll have to stick it in the garden, I think. So that should be good. Just hope we haven't won the telly. I suppose we could always sell it. We haven't been to the club for a while, what with everything going on, people being ill and everything. I remember in the old days, they used to have a meat raffle at the pub. Do you remember the Sunday lunchtime? Was it lunch or evening? Lunchtime, I think. The meat raffle. A local butcher would uh, you know, supply a, a leg of something or a shoulder of whatever, or a head of something or a foot of something. And that would be the prize. And everyone went in for the meat raffle. I remember that. I think that was every Sunday in uh, in our local pub anyway. That's when the pubs were open between 12 and 2 lunchtime on a Sunday. Then in the evening on a Sunday, I think they opened, they closed at half 10 and I think they opened at 7. I do remember going to North Wales, well I lived in North Wales for about three months and the pubs there on a Sunday, they closed. <laughs> that was it. No pubs were open on a Sunday. And of course, once all this all-day opening came along, initially people were saying, oh, everyone's going to be in the pub all day. They're all going to roll out drunk at kind of four in the afternoon. It didn't change anyone's drinking habits as far as I'm aware. I remember going to the pub at the same sort of time on a Sunday, get there about 12, even though it had been open since 10 or whatever, and leave about two o'clock, 
go and have some dinner. It was just a Sunday lunchtime chat, a couple of beers with the lads, that's all. Just because they were open all afternoon. Oh, obviously a few people stayed, but uh, it didn't affect most of us. We just stuck to the normal hours. If we got there at eight in the evening and went home at 11, we carried on doing that. Talking of repeats and the, the television, the other day I was chatting to a friend of mine about the old programmes. Do you remember Jukebox Jury? Do you remember that? Was that with, um, oh, what was his name? David Jacobs, that's it, David Jacobs, and Cracker Jack, that, who did that? I think Eamon Andrews did that initially, then it went on to someone else. All these old programmes, Saturday night, no, Sunday night, wasn't it, at the London Palladium, that was quite good. Beat the Clock, that's one I was trying to remember a few weeks ago, I think. And the Golden Shot, <laughs> do you remember that one? Opportunity Knocks, there were so many back then. Do you remember one, what was it called, Mr and Mrs, where they asked, in fact, Trish and I were talking about this the other day, about Mr and Mrs, that's going back a while, where they would say to the husband, what's your wife's favourite drink, is it tea or coffee? And he would say tea, and afterwards she'd have to say, yes, he's right on that, or wrong on that, and you score points or something like that. Then they'd ask the chap's wife, what's his favourite drink in the pub? And she'd say lager or bitter, you know, if she got it wrong, then they didn't get the point. Yes, I remember all that sort of thing on the telly. It was really good. The Billy Cotton Band Show. I remember that as a kid. That was on the radio, wasn't it? Was it Leslie Crowther? Oh, I don't know who did what. It's a long time ago anyway. And then a friend of mine the other day, I don't know why we got, I just bumped into someone. We got talking about all the old days, amateur radio gear, stuff like that. And he said the first dishwasher, which was hand-operated, was invented in the late 1800s. I think he said 1885. And I, th I thought, no, that can't be right. 1885? Anyway, I looked it up. And it was. There was, a, who was it? Josephine, someone. She invented some kind of dishwasher in 1885. Hand operated. So I don't know what they did. Chuck them all in there and smash them all up as you turn the handle or something. I like looking up to see when things were invented. How long ago? And it's surprising, isn't it? For example, the dishwasher, 1885. I would have said probably 1950-something the dishwasher was invented. Do you remember the Rolls made by Rolls? Was that John Bloom owned the Rolls Washing Machine Company? He did a, a dishwasher that stood on the draining board. You stuff one pipe onto your hot tap, the other pipe down into the, the sink, and this thing was a, a kind of dishwasher. I think my mum had one. That's going back to the, uh, that must be the 60s. I think I'm in an aeroplane, what was that? <laughs> That's the put on your seatbelt sound, isn't it? Ding dong, or take the seatbelts off. I haven't been on an aeroplane. When did I last go on an aeroplane? When we went to Spain, I think. And that was a few years ago. We're not traveling abroad anymore. Disaster at airports. Disaster with planes canceled and delayed. Well, we are going abroad. We're going to the Isle of Wight in May. <laughs> well, that's across the sea, isn't it? Must make sure my passport's all right for that. Talking of the music quiz, I've got a book here. I'm trying to... Where are we? Where's the page? I'm trying to remember things. Imagine John Lennon, I know that. Jealous Guy, Roxy Music. Make Your Mind Up, Bucks Fizz. I can never remember who, who sang this stuff. I know Stand and Deliver. I can't remember. It says here Adam and the Ants. I just can't remember who did it. Prince Charming, that's Adam and the Ants. Under Pressure. 
That was without looking. That was Bowie. Was that Bowie and Mick Jagger? No, that was Dancing in the Street. Let's have a look. Under Pressure. Oh, Queen and David Bowie. I don't know. I just can't remember these things. Trisha knows just about every every answer. I have helped out once or twice with our little group, the four of us. We are, what's our team called? I forget what we call ourselves now. <laughs> Probably the idiots or something. <laughs> I did help out. It was They played a record. What's that called and who did it? It was uh, Focus. It was Hocus by Focus. No, Hocus Pocus by Focus. I'll get that right in a minute. Hocus Pocus by Focus. And do you know how I remember that? Because in the old, old days, I had a pirate radio station called Radio Focus. And my kind of theme tune was Hocus Pocus. So there we are, that little illegality that I carried out all those years ago came in useful in the quiz. We won, I forgot to tell you, did I tell you? We won 50 quid, that's the first prize. And it's a bar tab. So when we get there tonight, we've got 50 quid behind the bar. <laughs> and no, we're not gonna spend it all in one go. When I say we won, it was basically Trisha and her sister. Trisha is the main quizzer or whatever what are they called the quiz contestant she answers all the questions her sister knows some and us two brother-in-laws we don't know any or perhaps one or two out of the whole evening if we're lucky <laughs> but it's good fun though what I don't like is the chap that does the quiz well I don't don't dislike him he's all right but he plays everything so loud and he shouts it's a kind of DJ I suppose he sits there with his machine you know all these bits and pieces and we have various quiz things what I did like I don't know why I'm going on about this you're probably not interested he did a kind of bingo thing or what was it a reverse bingo and he'll play a tune and if you've got the the title on your bingo card you cross it off something like that and that was good that was quite good I enjoyed that but most of the time during the quiz well it goes on all evening when he's asking the questions, I'm just sitting there sort of looking around the room thinking, when can I go home? Can I go home yet? I don't know any of the answers. Anyway, let's get away from the quiz. It's not reverse bingo, is it? That's something else. I've just had a nasal squirt. I've got self-defence. No, it's not self-defence. I'm getting everything wrong. It must be old age. First defence. You squirt it up your nose, three squirts each side, sniff that, and it helps to stop you picking up colds and germs and flu and covid and whatever else is floating around in the air you're supposed to have one go at that a day so i've had two so far and i shall take it to the club with me so i don't get a load of covid stuff up my nose i shall sit there going up each nostril and probably get thrown out <laughs> i think it must work or certainly help i remember when i used to smoke my sister-in-law what i'm seeing tonight she said, oh, you've got to give up smoking, it's bad for you. And I said, surely the cigarette smoke and all the muck in it, the tar and nicotine, doesn't that help keep germs away? Now, she's the nurse, of course. And she said, yes, actually, to an extent, it does. Smoking does help to keep colds away. But, of course, when you do get a cold, it's even worse than it would have been if you don't smoke. I am planning the interview with her. I keep saying to Trish, we've got to get her around here or wherever we're going and do this little interview about nursing. So many of you have emailed me saying, when are you going to chat to your sister-in-law about nursing in the old days? I've started to write out questions. 
and I shall have a chat with her tonight. I might even take my recorder. I mean, I can't interview her at the club because it's too damn noisy with that chap shouting and blasting. Why does the music have to be so loud? It's not a huge place. Why can't we just listen to the music at a pleasant volume so we can also chat to each other? I'm sure the older I get, the more sensitive my ears are becoming. Unlike most people, they go deaf. <laughs> I seem to be back to front. We're talking about reverse bingo. I've got reverse hearing. Something else my friend mentioned when we were chatting the other day. He said, do you remember Tupperware? I don't know where he gets all this info from. He said that was invented in the 60s. I do remember it, Tupperware. People used to have Tupperware parties. My mum had one or two. You get a load of Tupperware stuff and then neighbours and friends and family, they'd all come round and you'd sell them the, the Tupperware stuff. It was good. I think it had a lifetime guarantee. So even if you had something for sort of 50 years, if it wore out or went wrong, they'd replace it. Presumably they're still going, I don't know. There are all sorts of parties, well, and I don't mean dinner parties with people around eating, but Tupperware, what else was there? I can't remember. But other parties, it was quite a good way, actually, of getting neighbours to come round, and friends, of course, and all get to know each other and, and have a chat. I do remember that, my mum setting up the Tupperware party. I'm sure she had other parties. She ran a, a club book. Do you remember the club book, Littlewoods? And what was the other one? There's Kay's Club Book. In fact, Trish ran Littlewoods and Kay's many years ago. And at one time, do you remember Avon? The Avon stuff, ding dong, Avon calling. I'm going back a few more years. That is still going because we have a local Avon rep and Trish buys, I don't know what it is, sort of junk from this Avon lady that comes round. Well, not junk, it's, I don't know what it is, perfume or something. But the catalogue books like Littlewoods and Kays, I forget the names of the other ones, they were hugely popular. And of course, if you run the, the club book, then you, I don't know what, you got money out of it or discount or something. I can't remember what Trish did, but I do remember her running the Littlewoods uh, book thing. <laughs> and then we used to have the pools man come round. Do you remember the football pools? He used to come round and you give him your shilling or your one and sixpence halfpenny a week. You'd fill in your pool's coupon and he'd go off with it because there were one or two stories, one or two news reports that someone had won the football pools, you know, a few hundred quid, and the pool collection man or whatever he was called didn't put the coupons in. He kept the money, just kept the money thinking, well, no one's going to win anyway, so I'll throw the coupons away, chuck them on the fire, burn those and just pretend I've sent them in, and no one's going to win anyway. But of course, one chap did, I think he won, I forget what it was, a few thousand pounds, which was a lot back then. You could buy a few houses <laughs> with that. Well, I don't know about a few, certainly one or two, maybe three. Well, when I say he won, he didn't win because his coupon hadn't gone in, which is a shame. Yes, going back to cars again, I had a, a Ford Cortina. That was, I had a couple of those. They were really nice uh, Ford Cortinas. And the Mini, I, what I found with the Mini was it was so small. They, they were very good, you know, really nice cars, but so small. I just couldn't fit in it properly. Austin 1100 I had, that was lovely. I don't know why I'm going on about cars again. Austin 1100, that was really nice. A friend of mine had a Rover 2000. Was it TC 2000 or something? Quite a, a luxury car back then. What I liked... Apart from my MG Magnet, another one I really liked was the Austin Westminster. 
that had a three litre engine, straight six cylinder, three litre engine, and it was automatic. Oh, what a car that was, fantastic, huge thing. That was beautiful to drive, I love that. We're supposed to be talking about Christmas, not cars. So where are we? Christmas Eve, you'll be listening to this. It's difficult this year. I get it quite confused because Christmas Day is Monday. Boxing Day is Tuesday. I've no idea when New Year's Day is. Sometime in a few days' time, I don't know. But as you know, I am easily confused these days. It's all terrible, really. Look at that weather out there. We've got wind, no rain today, which is nice but we do have a lot of wind out there. Tris is downstairs with her friend. They're having a chat. Rabbit, rabbit. What was that they used to say? More rabbit than Sainsbury's. That was a record, wasn't it? Was it Chaz and Dave did that? More rabbit than Sainsbury's. I don't think Sainsbury's sell rabbit. But they're having a good old natter anyway. The 21st has gone, 21st of December. That's now behind us, so we've got lighter evenings coming. You wouldn't think so, looking out there. <laughs> It, where are we? Quarter to four in the afternoon. And it's now beginning, well, dusk is falling, I suppose, dusk. The flag has wrapped itself round the pole two or three times. But I can see the wind is coming from the west. I had a look out on the patio earlier, under the patio roof. 17.5 degrees Celsius. That's pretty warm, isn't it? That was this morning when the wind wasn't too bad. It's like a little greenhouse, although there's no front to it. It's like a greenhouse. We've got some uh, lights out there, you know, these sort of flashing lights. Neighbours have all got their coloured lights going. We don't normally put stuff out of the back because no one sees it, apart from the immediate neighbours. But the front, people have done well out of the front. All their front gardens and bushes and trees are all lit up with flashing lights and goodness knows whatever. And then in the blink of an eye, it's all over. Decorations down, back up into the loft and it's all over. <laughs> huge build up to it there we are shall i stop going hello what's that we've got some morse code that must be father christmas sending me some morse code telling me he's on his way i won't edit that out because i know you like to hear a bit of morse code <laughs> now i'm talking rubbish look have a great christmas i think i'll end it here i'll tell you what i'll do as it's only friday i'll end it here but i might add a bit more perhaps during saturday and get this ready for sunday well, here we are. It's Saturday now. Christmas Eve Eve. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> You'll be listening to this tomorrow, Sunday, Christmas Eve. I get confused. You know that, don't you? Last night at the music quiz, we won again £40. How about that? £40. I think it was £10 on the bingo thing, the music bingo, and then 30 on the quiz. The last time we went, we won 50 So that's £90 we've won <laughs> at the last two quizzes. So that's good. OK, hope all is well with you. Have a great Christmas. Thanks to all of you for listening to my podcast. Without you, obviously, there would be no podcasts. Well, there would, but I'd be, <laughs> I'd be talking to myself. Have a great Christmas. Don't drink too much. Don't eat too much. I know you will. I will. Well, I certainly eat too much anyway. I don't know about drink. And I shall see you on Wednesday next week and of course New Year's Day is uh, a week Monday isn't it a week tomorrow it'll be uh, is that right Christmas Day Monday New Year's Day the following Monday thanks again for listening to my podcast I hope you enjoy listening to them as much as I enjoy recording them take care and happy Christmas to you all God bless us one and all
Bye-bye for now.